one more early release of an episode in order to get our app done in time for our launch party on April 4th. Today we will learn how one woman, who was married for over 50 years, was stricken with grief after her husband passed away. After a year, she decided to reinvent herself. She's not looking for love. She's had that. What she's doing now is loving her life. You can too. She'll show you how she did it in today's episode of Rock Your Retirement. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is the show where we help you have a great retirement. We don't talk about money. We don't talk about insurance. We talk about all the other things that you're going to need to know when you retire. Or, if you're already retired, we can help you have a better retirement. We help you rock your retirement in areas such as social and family, entertainment and travel, volunteer work and philanthropy, matters of the spirit and soul, sex, yeah, sometimes we talk about that too. Last of all, we talk about ways to help your parents or others who may need your help now or in the future. Baby boomers are in what's called the sandwich generation because many times they're helping not only their children, but also their parents. We want you to be passionate about your retirement, and we want to help you rock your retirement. Our guest for today is Madeline Troike, and I actually met her at the San Marcos Senior Center. She told me a story that I thought my listeners would love to hear. She lost her husband two years ago, and now she's finding a new life. Madeline, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, I, I lost my husband almost two years ago, but we had a rocking retirement. We traveled everywhere, Fiji, New Zealand, Hawaii, Australia. Uh, we've been in every state in the Union except North Dakota because we didn't see any scenic paths to go there. But I've had a, a wonderful life with a man uh, that we were married 58 years, and it's unique because not many people have had the opportunities have had or had a great guy like that. But now I'm finding a new me because uh, when he died, uh, it, it was totally different because when you do everything as a couple and then now you're alone and then somebody referred to me as single and it's, it's a totally different life to adjust to. But I've had some good things happen in my life. The senior center has been fantastic. The people, uh, I've done volunteer work there for years. My husband and I both did. And they've welcomed me back, and I stay busy. Uh, I waited table today, and I do everything that, you know, I can do. But uh, I have had a lot of other opportunities through that. Uh, I was telling your interviewer about I learned to dance again because my husband was a great dancer. We love to dance. And uh, and when we came to the senior, when I came to the senior center after his death, a man here said, um, "Do you want to dance?" And he and his wife are dance teachers. I didn't know that at the time, but he was dancing with all the seniors. And I said, "No." And and I and he said, "Why? Don't you like to?" And I said, "Yeah, but I lost my dance partner." And he said, "Don't you think he'd want you to dance?" And I said, "I'll think about it, but I'm not going to dance." But what I did, because I used to teach line dancing, is I went home. 
sold all of his big power tools. Then I set my garage up and I line danced by myself oh, in the garage. That's but awesome. you got to keep moving because if you don't, um, it's not healthy. But have you danced with others in addition to line dancing in your garage? No. No, not yet. You're not ready for that. You know, I'm not sure anybody could ever match Paul. Paul was a great guy. And, and I can't imagine another man in my life. I have a lot of friends here. I've had invitations, but I don't go. Well, 58 years is a long time. 19 to, to his death, yeah. And it's only been a couple of years. So. Not even two. It'll be two in May. Yeah, so yeah. you're still in the grieving process. I think, uh, as we were talking a little bit earlier, I think the deep grief lasted for a year to where I didn't do a lot of stuff. But then there are other people at the center, and I've uh, a lot of people have reached out to me because I'm not the only one that's lost a mate. There are a lot of people here that have lost mates, and um, it's kind of like another club because you belong to a group of people that understand where you're coming from. Singles don't understand it, and kids don't understand it, but people who have been happily married for a lot of years, there's a lot to share. And we've done that here at the Senior Center. I, I have a lot of friends here that have gone through the same thing. So, no, I'm doing okay in that in that area. Well, that's good. I'm so glad that, that you have a social life. That's where we find that a lot of seniors that don't have a social life, they, they get into a depression, and then they wind up getting sick. That's not me. <laughs> I, I've... Um, when my late fifties, I used to run ten k's, and that's six point two miles. Wow! <laughs> but uh, but I've continued to run. Uh, didn't didn't for the last year of Paul's death because I took care of him at hospice at home. But then I got back to running, and I've done the Carlsbad five k, and I'm back up to my three mile runs. And I have good health. I'm blessed with good health. I watch what I eat uh, because I watch a lot of people who do not watch what they eat, and they do not exercise, and they are not healthy. And, and at 78, I have the health uh, of a lot of people a lot younger that can't do what I do. And so it's, it, it's a, a matter of decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we have a lot of Starbucks-donated sweets here, but I don't eat them. I cut them up for other people, but I don't eat them. <laughs> and so, and, and you know, I love to garden. I'm an organic gardener. Oh, you I are? have my own fish pond. I have a pet that most people don't have. Her name is Nessie. She's a large uh, red-eared slider turtle oh and, and my yeah and my granddaughter brought me another turtle to put in my pond and it turned out to be a male oh yeah and Uh-oh. so so i've had <laughs> in the last two years i've had 50 baby turtles what do you do with them all because you know i have a story that i will tell you off air about a red-eared a red-eared slider that i found and donated to the turtle society okay well you know what i did with mine um uh, I got them and put them all in a big pan, and I've raised them to where they, I put 25 of them back into my pond, and they will climb up on the edge and, and sun with Nessie. And then my last batch, I still have some in my living room that I'm raising. The sad story there is the little male turtle that was given to me was only there a short time because a raccoon came, yeah. killed the turtle. And Nessie is large enough that she has a place to hide under a wood uh, area, and so she's okay but, yeah, I, I raise turtles. And when I run, I have a path, and there's a man who has a horse. And I've never been around horses that much. But this horse is 17 years old. His name is Smokey. And I take him an apple every day on my Aww. run. Yeah, he's sweet. And I did a selfie. With uh, the horse. Yeah, he's he's a great horse. And and so then uh, with uh, uh, my 
most recent venture is to be on Facebook and online just the last two weeks. Oh, well, congratulations. Uh, that's an accomplishment, and that's new. <laughs> At 78. <laughs> that's, this, well, that's... this is the new me. And, you know, if you're going to interact with people, and I'm not a person that sits at home. I'm not one that is a couch potato. I don't like to just sit and do nothing. Did you I'm, post the selfie with the horse on Facebook? I, I haven't yet, but my sister said, when are you going to post it? And it's as soon as I learn how. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I want to see the turtles, and I want to see the, and I And I got the smartphone, and just it was the first selfie I took, and it turned out really good. So I've got a video. That's really cool. So so once the turtle, I mean, you're not going to grow any more turtles, are you? Because they can devastate the vegetation around your home. Not the red-eared sliders. See, they stay in the pond. She's but, not a tortoise. She stays in the pond. What she does do, she goes out and digs holes in the spring. Right. And she did even before we had a male turtle. And she would dig, as you see on TV, where they dig a hole. And she sits on it like she's going to lay eggs, but nothing happens. And she goes back into the pond. So I've watched her do this for years. And I didn't know this was a male until I went out into the yard and found one of the small turtles. And then they began showing up all over. But do you have any other males now? You know, Nessie eats no plants. Because you're feeding her. Well, I feed her, and then I garden organically, and I have a fishworm bed, and I actually dig my own fishworms and grubs and feed her at the pond, and I tap the edge, and she comes. So right. she doesn't stroll around destroying anything. Wonderful. Yeah, she's great. And <laughs> now, she's, are, she's she's about uh, a foot or so across. She's right. pretty good size, yeah. Yeah, so what are you going to do with all those babies? Because <laughs> there's well, probably some males well, in there. I think, I think right now some of them are kind of hibernating in the bottom. When it gets cool, they go down, and they don't come up. And I don't know in the spring. We will see how many still stay in the area. Maybe they've left because I don't see them around. Or maybe some herons came in and uh, ate The raccoons all. have been in twice. And okay. when they get into the pond, they probably decimated the babies. Yeah, I would guess that. Probably. So I probably don't have a problem, actually. Yeah. And as my husband would say, Maddie, when you have a pond, this is what you can expect. I'm a, I'm a, I trap raccoons, too. <laughs> oh, you do. And do you, do you trap them and kill them or do you no, relocate you, them? No, you relocate because you can't kill them. Oh, it's and illegal. And- it's illegal. And, and But I trap them. I actually pay a young man $40 per raccoon to take it out in a, um, an area else. where they can. Yeah, where there's <laughs> Well, no, it's in, a, it's in a BLM land area where it's uh, government stuff, so it's not on anybody's property. Okay, good. And so they have access to, to food and that. But I pay him, and I've, I've, I've hauled three away. Well, and, they're really uh, cute, but they're really smart. And, deadly. Uh, so we don't we don't want them around. No, they're, the raccoons are deadly. And my mother likes to feed them, and I, I and she doesn't live in California, but no. I'm sure her neighbors, because she lives in a rural community, <laughs> I'm sure they shoot. I'm sure that they shoot yeah. her her baby friendly yeah, raccoons. No. That, no raccoons, they dig up everything in the yard. They're they're you know the they're turtles too no smart. problem. Yeah. They're too smart. Yeah, that, they that's are. the problem. Raccoons and rats. <laughs> Very smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, dear. So here you are at the Senior Center, and you're volunteering. What else are you doing with your new, your new life? I like to read. I write some. And with my new computer, I have my new Word, and I got my new Hewlett-Packard printer so I can print my stuff out. I, I write some poetry. Oh, you do? And do my own pictures beside of it. Yeah. I... Like I say, I'm, I stay fairly busy. <laughs> have you done any self-publishing of, say, a book or anything like I that? I haven't, but I've written some things. I thought about that, actually. Um, uh, as I said before, uh, going back to my earlier life, it's like I've lived in two worlds because uh, the other world was great, and this one's new. So it's kind of a challenge every day 
because you say, what do you do? I don't know what's going to happen that day. I've come past the grief, and I think so many seniors miss living in the past because the past is past, and you have to go forward. And if you look, there are opportunities everywhere. And I have found a lot of opportunities, and I've met a lot of new people, a lot of new friends. When I run my three miles in my neighborhood. Do you do that every day? Every day. And yesterday I didn't. It was really hot. But neighbors, when I go by, I get a thumbs up. I get all this encouragement, you know, from people just running. And if I stayed in the house, I would never have, you know, that interaction. I actually have a mailman who, uh, he also lost a father, and he was grieving deeply. And he said, you know, Maddie, you're my inspiration. And when he sees me running, he stops the mail truck, jumps out, gives me a high five and say, go, girl, you know. And so, you know, when you're active, it brings different people. It brings a smile into your life. And um, actually, I'm beginning to enjoy my life. I didn't think I would. Uh, But I see that there's good things ahead. And I have a wonderful family. I've got uh, a daughter-in-law who made it possible for me to take care of Paul and a son who would do anything for me. Three granddaughters here, two great granddaughters that are all great. And and so and I have a grandson who lives uh up in Washington State. So I have a wonderful family. And now that I'm on Facebook, my sisters, my sister in laws, all these people are sending me all these things, you know, to look at. And it's fun. Uh so it's new. And I I think when I told you, I'm finding a new me because I never had time. You know, when you are married you are doing things together. And we, like I say, we traveled so much and did so many things together that uh, now I have all this time. And I think, okay, now what do I do with this time? And so now I'm finding a new life. And you're learning how to use computers. It sounds yeah. like you're rocking in that area. I am rocking with the technology. I have a smartphone. I, I'm online. And then uh, I have a car that everybody thinks is a toy. It's a smart car. <laughs> it's real small, but, you know, I'm, I'm short, and I can see everything, and I feel safe driving it. Everybody said, are you safe in there? And I said, yeah. It's made by Mercedes-Benz. Here's an advertisement. But they say, but you're not safe. And I said, no, there's a, a rim that goes all around the door. And it's the same thing they put in racing vehicles, uh, titanium bar, and they say they wreck it at 70 miles an hour, and you can always open the door. So people don't know that. And so I love I my smart car. I didn't know that. No, most people don't. Now, the only thing bad about the smart car is it has no spare tire. Oh. And I don't like that because that means I got to call a smart car and have them. And there's two sizes on my car that they have to come out and change my tires. And they come either from Beverly Hills or, or San Diego. And I said, but they said they had other people in the area. So, so far, so good. No flat tires. But I love my new car. Hopefully you have AAA. AAA will do me no good because nobody can tow this car. It has to be a smart car. Oh, they can't tow no, it. No, nobody can tow it. And they literally come out and they bring one of each of the sizes of tires and change it. And you're back on the road. Oh, my goodness. So how <laughs> yeah. long do you have to wait? Well, I asked them that. And they said not long because they have people in the areas uh, to represent. Well, that's but it's good. different. And I, I'm not used to know. You know, I used to could, be, could change a flat tire, but now I can't. Or at least be towed. No, you can't be towed. There's What there is is there's a little thing under the right... Uh, front passenger seat. It's a little gun that has an adhesive in it, and you put it on where you put the air in, spray it, and it's supposed to seal it where you can go another 40 miles, hopefully go home. But if somebody slashes your tire, it's of no value because it it isn't going to hold. Well, hopefully that won't happen to you. I hope not. It did once to our other car. That's probably one of the reasons I mention it. And oh well, we didn't know who, but we came out from a restaurant and somebody just slashed our tire and we didn't go anywhere. That wasn't in San Diego, was it? It was in San Marcos. It really? Yeah. 
I would think that would be something somebody would do in L.A. No, right here, right here in my own little hometown. <laughs> wow. That... <laughs> well, I'm going to cross my fingers that that doesn't yeah. happen to well, you. Well, so far, so good. Nothing's <laughs> happened, and I've had it almost two years because wow. I got it just before Paul died, yeah. Hmm. So you really enjoyed your life with Paul, and now things are a little bit different. Um, and now you're you're rocking your retirement by learning new things. You're going to the senior center. Is there anything else that you're doing that I think you mentioned that you're a singer? Well, I actually uh, I have a karaoke machine. Okay, I sing an hour a day, and the running helps my voice control. And the singing helps my running because it's diaphragm breathing, and it's a very healthy thing to do. Both of them are. And I love music. Uh, I've got everything on karaoke. I, I have a command share at home that I can command everything, you know, right there with my karaoke. And actually, uh, over here at the Senior Center years ago, uh, I did a little entertaining over here. Did a little Patsy Cline and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff. I've had a, you know, I've had a, when I, I hear other people talk about how miserable their lives have been or they've been mistreated or whatever. Uh, and I, it made me think, okay, I don't have Paul, but I did have him for 58 years. And it's better to think about the things that you do have and had, not what you don't have. And that's what I concentrate. So I concentrate on now I have a wonderful family and wonderful new friends. And, um, and I'm doing really good, really good. That's fantastic. And you also mentioned that you were a woman of faith, and I think that's probably helpful as well because the, the the books that you believe in believe that you focus on the good as well. I am. I, I'm a believer, and uh, I can't do everything, but God has brought me through this in an unbelievable way. And so I don't really take the credit for where I am. God has given me the ability to be where I'm at. That's lovely. And you've recently found a church home, so I'm glad to hear that as yeah. well. I uh, One of the things that we talk about on this show are spiritual and soul. It's not a show about Christianity. We, we do interview other faiths as, as well, but um, I think people that listen to the show realize that I'm a Christian as well. Um, so tell me, what are, uh, what are, when, you, when your husband and you were working full-time, and you were you were not working for pay, but you were working assisting him. And then you retired. What is something that you were able to do that you were not able to do while he was still working? Travel. Uh, we got a motorhome, and uh, we went clear to the Keys uh, in Florida, up to Maine. And like I say, traveled. You know, on the there's a uh, on your map book. There's a hundred things you should see and do. In, right. in the United States, we've done them all except the one in New Mexico where the balloons go up. That, is that on your list? No, we'd already seen that. And oh. we were actually in the area. If we had stayed one more night, we could have completed the list. But we both said, hey, we've seen that, done that, and we left. Well, if you saw it, you completed it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I know. So you could well, we didn't off. see that one, but we saw another balloon one. And, you know, we've seen a lot of balloons, and so it wasn't, it wasn't one of our priorities. And the things on it were like the Maid of the Mist at Niagara Falls. You know, we did all of those fantastic things. And, and like I say, in traveling, I, I love the South Pacific. Uh, we were in Fiji twice. Uh, we have a lot of friends in Fiji. Oh. And I'm a, I'm a shell collector, and I've got shells from all over the world. I've been to Great Barrier Reef where we took the boats down in did, and saw the reef. Did you dive? Huh? Do you dive? Yeah. So, but not, but snorkel dive, not not, not deep, deep sea. Dive. Yeah. 
And uh, actually, when we were in Fiji, there was a, um, a pretty good storm headed the way, and my husband was not a strong swimmer. And and I said I was going to uh, get into the water, and they were feeding dough balls to the fish. And I was just with a snorkel going to look at the fish. And the man said, Maddie, you better put some um, um, uh, fins on because the, it's strong, you know, the water's strong. And I said, well, I'm a strong swimmer. I grew up on the lake. I'll be fine. And I dove in, and I took a couple of looks at the fish, and I and I raised my eyes out of the water, and I was a long way from the boat because oh, no. it was very strong. <laughs> and I swam like crazy, and my husband was standing there with the, the back of the boat where you would get on the boat would go down like five feet in the water, then it would be five feet above the water. Oh, my gosh. And he was standing on the corner, and I swam till I could reach his hand, and he drug me on the oh. boat, and he said, Maddie, you shouldn't have done that. And I said, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, if you ever do that again, make sure there's a rope tied around your waist. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, there was literally a hurricane approaching. They oh shouldn't have. They shouldn't have gone out. And then, and then when when we're on board, the divers who did go below it didn't bother them because they were down below, and the boat was rocking. Everybody was sick. It was a, it was not fun. Oh, but well, um, <laughs> that is an experience you can talk about now. Yeah, no, no. Like I say, you can tell. We, I've had a lot of fun life. We've done a lot of fun things. Well, that's why I wanted to interview you yeah. because you are certainly rocking your retirement, and you are an example to the baby boomers that listen to this show. And actually, now that you have a smartphone, you could actually listen to this show. I would like to. And we'll show you how to do that Yeah, afterwards. I would like to. Um, but, but yeah, so that that's really fantastic that you were able to do all that traveling. One of the seniors here, where we were, we were volunteering here, and we got our motor home, and I'll never forget what she said. She said, Maddie, you and Paul have good health. She said, go while you have it. So you can hike and see all the things you want to see because time goes by pretty fast and you won't have the health to do that later on. Uh, and she was walking with a walker when she told me that. And, you know, we thought about that. So we, we plugged as many things into a few years after his retirement that you possibly could. That was great advice. Yeah, it was good advice. Is she still around? No. Well, She's no longer around. Well, she changed your life. People do change other people's life. You can either uh, influence them positively or negatively. Uh, it's your choice. And we're hoping that this show will influence people positively. That's why we I started it. I hope so, it. because it's, uh, I see way too many seniors, even here, who settle for a lesser life than they have to. I think they just decide, okay, I'm this age, I don't do anything anymore. And, you know, as I told you, I'm well, I'm doing this interview. See, I, I'm open to do what, just about anything that comes up, because and, I like life. <laughs> and for those of you who came in late. We just met today. So she really <laughs> is rocking her retirement. She was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's, we can let's, do this. let's get this done. <laughs> so we found an empty room and we brought out the microphones and we're doing this interview. So. And I'm enjoying it, Kathy. And it is fun. Mm -hmm. It is fun to, to get to know more about you. And while I was at the booth trying to get people to sign up for interviews, we probably talked for about 45 minutes. <laughs> You know, so it, it, she's she's just a really, really interesting person. And I'm sorry that we can't tell all the stories because some of them were a little confidential. What was it like right after you retired? Was it, how different was it? Was it a big culture shock right after your husband retired and you started traveling and all of a sudden he, I hear a lot from uh, women that their their husbands were working and now all of a sudden they're 2,000 hours and they're underfoot. 
did that happen to you or what was it like when he retired? Well, my husband had uh, a couple of careers. One was in his, as an engineer where he worked out of the home and I raised two sons and did all the cooking and I didn't have a job. However, I did graduate from business college. And so I did all the, uh, a lot of wives don't do this, but uh, I managed, you know, our budgets, our monies, wrote checks, and did all of that. And he said, hey, you're, you're a good business manager. Do it, you know. And so like I say, managed- I had a unique man. He had confidence in me and trusted me, and we worked as a team. Uh, and as I mentioned to you er- later, uh, he was a pastor. And so I was a pastor's wife, and he hated the computer with a passion. <laughs> and so I did his email, and I always said he got a private secretary that he didn't have to pay for. <laughs> And so when he retired, we were so used to working together that we just we just went on doing things together. So it wasn't it wasn't really an adjustment at all. That's great. Yeah. So it was a cult it was not a culture no shock. No culture shock, no. That's wonderful. My husband and I work in the same room. Um he's retired, but he sits on the boards of a couple different companies and I still work. And our desks are next to each other and I'm trying to be healthy like you are, so I just got a treadmill desk because I sit on my butt for eight to ten hours a day. Not healthy. Not healthy. (laughs) And so now I'm getting my ten to 18,000 steps a day by being on that treadmill desk. But it's funny because we're in the same room all day, but we don't talk. We email each other. So I, I don't know what it what it will be like when one of us fully retires because he's retired, but he's still does things. The art of conversation is being lost on your generation. <laughs> I hate to say that because I have actually gone down to my son's home for a family dinner and you're sitting around in the backyard. By They have a fish pond there too. And they've all got their phones and they're talking to, is it Siri that they all talk to? Google, uh, Siri. Yeah. And, 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 oh, look at this, look at that. And I'm thinking, don't you ever look at each other and talk to each other, you know? And so now I've joined this crazy group, and I, and I really prefer talking to people one-on-one than emailing and that kind of thing. It's good technology, but I really think the younger generation is going to lose it. Uh, well, I'm 50, and we, we've lost part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the generation past me has lost more of it. I'm sure. And I think the kids today that are growing up two years old with a cell phone in their hands, I can't even imagine what life is going to be like in 20 years. So that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying interviewing you, because you're in the generation that didn't grow up with all these things, and you actually talk to each other. Well, and I actually grew up in a hometown where when TV came online, we had the first TV in the town, and you couldn't see anything. There was snow going up, and you know <laughs> the pictures rolling, and everybody said, what is this? And I said, it's TV. I mean, yeah, it's TV, you know. And so, no, I've grown up with uh, technology that it, it, they call it now the velocity of change. It used to change, but now my computer is probably out of date, and I just have had it two weeks, and that's what's happening. That's true. It's exponentially growing, and it's very, very difficult for, let's just say, we older people yeah. to keep up with it mm-hmm. all. My cell phone just got updated, and now I don't know how to put it in airplane mode. Yeah. <laughs> and my smart car, if it starts raining, the windshield wipers turn on, and and it'll tell me, okay, now you need air in your tires. I don't have to check things because it does all that for you. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah, it is. I can't wait for the car. I can't wait to get a car that parks itself. That'll yeah. be that'll be my next 
big purchase. Do you have to have a license for a car that drives itself? I don't know. We're going to have to find out about those Google cars. And when will they be available? I don't know. That would be nice to be able to sit back and read a book while your car drives itself. I expect to see that. I really do. Oh, oh. And I'll get one if I don't have to have a license at some point because I don't want to stay home. And so. Yeah, absolutely. But you still drive now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I would love to um to have a car just drive me around. <laughs> well, I'm looking I'm looking ahead to if you have a health issue in the future, you could still go because you'd have your own car to take you. Yeah, I don't know if we have um Uber cars here. I don't know. I know they have them in Los Angeles and so that's where a lot of seniors are getting around where yeah. they couldn't before mm-hmm. because they just call an Uber. But I think San Diego's a little bit Behind L.A., so I don't know if we have as many. I don't many. think we have them in San Marcos because here they they hire other vehicles to come and pick people up, but not not that, I don't think. Yeah, not Uber is just a regular person. Yeah, it's somebody that's just, you know. Making money driving people yeah, around. Good idea. <laughs> it's called capitalism. <laughs> exactly. That's that's why we live here. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up. We're, we're coming to the end of the interview, and there's always two questions that I ask retirees. And one of them is, what do you wish you would have known before you and your husband retired? I think that's a difficult question because you can't know something until the time is there. Um, The one thing that is probably too sober at this point was watching my husband die while I took care of him in hospice. Because when you love someone like I did and you have such a fantastic life to watch his life slip away, was really hard and and you can't prepare for a lot of things that come into your life so you don't know till you face things that's something i wish i had known but it wouldn't have done any good it wouldn't have changed anything it wouldn't have changed anything and i wouldn't change a second of it either because that's the way my life was the second question that we have you might be able to help with and that is we have a lot of listeners who are either new retirees contemplating retiring or they are retired, but they're stuck in their lives somehow. If you were sitting across the table from one of those retirees, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them to help them have a better life? Move. (laughs) Don't sit still. You move. Go look for things to do. Uh, There are so many things, even locally in the area, so many beautiful gardens to see, so many beautiful places to hike. We hike the beach every week. Uh, and it was gorgeous. We had a we would go out on the pier once a week over at Oceanside, and we had what Paul would call our peer group because they were the fishermen the that we had gotten. Group, yeah, P-I-E-R. yeah, yeah, the peer group because they were the fishermen, and we watched them catch fish. And and you know we've gone out to see whale watching. There are many things to do locally in the area, and they're not all that expensive. You know, we walk the beach; it's free. We walk the pier, and it's free. And and then you can take. We would take the little train. Uh, uh, from San Marcos over to the beach, uh, walk down, walk out on the here. We didn't even drive. And so there are so many ways. If you don't have a car, you can even do something like that. And so you got to move and you got to look for opportunities because they're out there. And then if you got, we've got trips here. If you're at the senior center here, we've got trips. You can go day trips. You can go two or three day trips, get a friend and go and travel. And I'm contemplating some of that too. And so just don't sit, move walk, exercise, care about yourself, eat properly so you can enjoy life. It's Life is good. That is fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Madeline, for coming on the show today. You have given our baby boomers such fantastic 
wonderful information that I'm sure will change their lives. I hope so. Well, thanks again for being on the show, and we will see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Are you overwhelmed at the prospect of downsizing, suffering from relocation stress syndrome? Senior move managers are experienced at taking the stress out of a transition to a smaller home. Senior Move Masters has been serving the San Diego County area for 12 years, helping their clients resolve the issue of too much stuff. They'll pack, unpack, arrange, and decorate your new home. Visit our website at SeniorMoveMasters.com to request a free consultation.